Welcome to Founders Focus, a podcast made for founders by founders. I'm Scott Case, CEO and co-founder of Upside, and I created Founders Focus to help share free resources and actionable advice. Together, we're building a community for business leaders, entrepreneurs, and founders to come together to tackle today's challenges. This podcast is powered by my awesome team at Upside. Please visit foundersfocus.com to join the live video sessions or to catch up on past topics. We are joined by uh, two amazingly awesome people. Uh, Jen Moyer, who is the COO and CFO of Upside, uh, along with me, the company that I run. And, um, uh, and then John Caldwell, who is a, a CPA based in uh, Virginia, who has been, uh, both of whom have gone to school on the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program uh, forgiveness process. And at this point, the process hasn't been set in stone by the SBA. Of course, with this whole program, nothing has really been set in stone. Uh, the good news is, is that most of us actually got the money, which has allowed us to do a lot of great things, certainly at Upside and, and hopefully for your businesses as well. Uh, but now the challenge is, how do we make sure that we get all the paperwork organized in a way that allows us to maximize the forgiveness that we're owed? And so today, uh, Jen and John are going to uh, walk through kind of what we know now and uh, some basic things that you can definitely do to get prepared. Um, and so with that, I'm going to turn it over to Jen to introduce herself and then she'll pass it off to John and we'll get things started. Thank you very much. As Scott said, I'm Jen Moyer. I'm the COO and CFO of Upside. Um, and I had the pleasure and honor of participating in one of these founders focus about four to six weeks ago, talking about the, uh, the PPP application process, which uh, was confusing in and of itself. Um, and very happy to be back here today to talk about the loan forgiveness process and hopefully remove some confusion and not add to it. So uh, John, if you want to introduce yourself. Sure, my name is John Caldwell. Uh, for better or for worse, become, I don't know any of us could call ourselves experts in this, but have been a, um, a tremendous go-to uh, and working closely with several of the lenders in the area as well. So I think between Jen and the rest of the Upside group, we've gathered enough intelligence that will facilitate each of you um, and to follow up with questions as you have them. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for, for doing this. And uh, for everybody here, um, if, you, if you got a PPP loan, if you would just post a note into the chat uh, that, you, that you received one, um, and if you're, if you're okay with it, I'd love to know roughly how much you, uh, you borrowed, because um, we can come back to that a little bit if we see some patterns. Uh, with that, I think, Jen, are you leading off? Sure, I'll kick off. Yep. Awesome. Let's, uh, let's turn it over to you. Thank you. Maybe, Jamie, if you can go two slides ahead. Uh, while you're doing that. So, um, so yeah, Upside is a, is a business travel company. And at the start of the pandemic, uh, we found ourselves with a little extra time on our hands as business travel is not the, uh, uh, the highest volume it's ever been historically. And uh, we also found ourselves in a position where as Congress was approving the CARES Act, uh, we started to obviously investigate our own eligibility for the PPP loan. Um, and, you know, through that, um, I'll answer the question that Scott just asked. Upside was, in fact, a recipient of the PPP loan. We received a $1.9 million PPP loan. Um, there's no, um, it's not a coincidence that that fell right below the $2 million mark. At one point, they were talking about automatic audits for everybody over $2 million. You know, obviously, our, our loan is completely legitimate, but anytime you can avoid an audit, that sounds like a good thing to do. Um, 
you know, but certainly throughout that process, it was very confusing, wrought with anxiety, um, a moving target. And uh, after applying and receiving our own loan, we thought, listen, you know, we kind of really got very educated on this process and invested a lot of time. And we feel like we have this knowledge asset that, you know, it would be great if, if maybe we could share that with the, with the startup community, with small businesses like ourselves, and hopefully just, um, you know, for companies or founders or, or CEOs or entrepreneurs or what have you that don't have the time and resources to do the research that we did, um, you know, try to try to help out, help out our startup community. So that's why we did the first Founders Focus maybe six weeks ago. And that's why we are here back today. Because um, certainly, you know, now that we have the loan, um, our attention turned to the forgiveness uh, once the forgiveness guidelines were were, uh, were released. Um, so through that process of wanting to, to help out the communities, other small businesses, other startups, um, John and I and Warren, who's also on the call, um, and a couple others of the Upside team have spoken to and helped out about, I'd say, 30 small businesses at this point actually prepare their forgiveness application. Um, and those are ready to be submitted to the banks when, when the banks start accepting those. And it was an extremely, extremely educational process. And a lot of themes just kind of bubbled up from those conversations. A lot of anxieties that were shared by, by myself and other CFOs and, and founders and, and entrepreneurs. And we thought, you know, some of you guys might have the same thoughts and same anxieties or same questions or same um, needs for some information. And, and it would be great just to take, take a half an hour today and, and have a conversation with you guys about what we learned. So that's why we're here today. Um, it's on the screen. It's just a quick agenda that we'll run through. So, you know, what have we learned? So kind of high level themes that are, are pretty consistent through those 30 conversations. Um, if you have not dispersed all of your funds from your PPP loan, uh, what we learned about maximizing forgiveness. So if you still have some decisions to make around how you're going to spend the PPP money, um, we've got some, some tips on, on you know, what is going to be forgivable so you can stay within those guardrails. Um, common questions, I'd say 50%, probably even more of the conversations that we participated in with those 30 or so borrowers, um, there were the same questions that, that kept, kept coming up. Um, people seem to have anxiety or uh, really desiring additional knowledge about, about some common things. Um, Scott alluded to this really is a moving target and we're still waiting for the powers that be to put out their final verdict on uh, some important matters that will ultimately play into the amount that's finally forgivable of the loan. Um, and then going back to kind of doing what you can do now to, uh, to prepare for forgiveness, um, in addition to making decisions on how to spend the money, um, gathering all that documentation, getting prepared, um, you know, getting everything organized so that the loan forgiveness application process, and then, you know, God forbid, maybe an audit down the road, if that would occur, um, you've got all of your ducks in a row and you're ready to go on that. And then finally, just um, there's a, you know, obviously you can't open up any, whether it's a financial press or, or, or general news and not read something about PPP um, probably every single day. Um, and it's, I think I just read something this morning as well. Um, so there's, there's a lot of people thinking about this, millions and millions of borrowers that have received loans 
um, and there are places to, to get help, to get support, um, knowledge bases. So just as we were trying to spread knowledge and, and help out our community, we identified others that are doing so. Some on a paid basis, some just like ourselves to, to try to help out. So we'll, we'll share some of that as well. So with that as a setup, well, let's go to the next slide. Jamie, if you, perfect. Okay, well, let me talk to this real quick and then I'll hand it off to John. Um, you know, I talked about those common themes that we heard and, and from those 30 calls, almost every single one of the uh, small business owners that we talked to really felt like, geez, you know, I spend 60, 70 hours a week worrying about my business, whether it's getting to the other side of the pandemic or it's, it's growing my business or taking care of my employees. Like that's my number one concern that consumes me. I just don't have the resources, frankly, to, to, to worry about this PPP loan. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I allegedly passed the CPA exam 20 years ago, but I don't prepare my own tax return because I don't sit and think about what the tax rules are, you know, five hours a week or whatever it is. And it's really hard to, to stay current, um, especially with this PPP um, loan and the forgiveness rules. Um, you know, first it was an eight week coverage period for your expenditures that could be forgiven that was extended to 24. We're still waiting for some guidance. You know, just it's not grounded yet. It's, it's not rooted yet. And it's taking a lot of time and effort. And this is a really important thing. Um, a lot of the people that we spoke to, the amount of their PPP loan was incredibly material and important to their balance sheet. So getting it right, getting, getting this forgiven um, was really critical to their, to their current and their future cash flows. Um, and, and really a sense of anxiety over, you know, how do I get these questions answered? How do I get assurance that I'm doing this correctly? And that, um, you know, I've got a high level of confidence that my loan's gonna be forgiven uh, when I send the documentation in. So, so with that, we will jump to the next slide and I'll hand it over to John. And you can, John, maybe jump into some of the more specifics around things that we know and things we've learned. Sure, absolutely. Um, what we're looking to do with this is we're, we're assuming that at least everybody has a, a high level amount of detail um, of what's been going on in, lately in the news. So we don't want to get into too many specifics because we want to leave time open for questions that may be more pointed and may help everybody out along the way. So if I'm going too fast, please let Scott know in the, in the chat room and I'll back up as we need to on specifics. Um, but overall, uh, we don't think there's going to be any changes to the 60%, 40% rule, at least as it stands for the past few weeks. As Jen mentioned, this has been evolving tremendously and at a very rapid pace. Um, and everybody that we have interviewed, including the, the 50 plus clients that I have personally that I'm dealing with, you know, we're going to far exceed the 60% payroll cap. Um, some of my restaurants, hair salons, things of that nature, we've had some issues with. And um, if any of you are in that group, that might be where it's a little bit easier to have a one-on-one -on -one just to see where you are. But overall, for the high-level review, uh, the application is calling that we spend at least 60% of our PPP loan monies on payroll costs. Uh, for those of you that are self-employed individuals, that's pretty much obviously paying yourself. Uh, and your payroll costs already include your health insurance and your retirement benefits. Um, and then, of course, you don't pay state and local unemployment tax on yourself. So your self-employed individuals, um, luckily, through this evolution, became a little bit easier. 
Um, now, for those that maxed out on the loan, you will extend out to the 24-week period, but don't let that be um, over-concerning with you, uh, just for the fact that they did give guidance that we can submit early. Um, and then the rest of our 40% of our monies that we received, we need to spend on rent obligations. Your lease had to be in place by February 15th, and that we need to be able to substantiate that to the lender. Uh, mortgage interest, uh, some of our, our larger companies, obviously we did have business loans and uh, business mortgages, and that specifically has to be in the business name. Uh, and then our other catch-all is our utilities. So for, again, those that are self-employed, your cell phone, if you did claim home office, we can allocate a portion of that. Um, again, with specific questions, we'll be happy to answer them. But overall, I, I think that we've probably seen 1% of our client base that we had to go back to and massage some of the details as far as the planning was concerned. Um, but otherwise, I think that we've pretty much been on hitting a home run for the 100% forgiveness. Keep in mind as well, and a little bit beyond the scope of this conversation, um, if we do not meet the 60% threshold, I'm sorry, Jamie, if we don't meet the 60% threshold, there are opportunities for partial forgiveness. Um, again, so with more pointed questions, if we had some unfortunate obligations that made us terminate some of our staff and we're not going to meet that, at least they did come back with some reprieve for that. Go ahead, Jamie. I'm sorry. So bigger questions that we've been getting. Um, when can I apply for the forgiveness? No institution is accepting currently because of the evolution process. Uh, all of the lenders that I work with on a close basis that I implicitly have been trusting to get into intelligence through all of this process, they're not accepting until probably mid to late August. Um, and, and that's just for a matter of readiness. Uh, Warren and the Upside Financial Group have obviously been working night and day on developing a secure platform and a streamlined platform. So when it is ready and available, that bows on your package, we submit. Um, the bank actually has 60 days maximum to approve the uh, forgiveness application. And that is important for a multitude of reasons. And most people are just to reduce the anxiety overall. We want it done. We want it off our plates and we can move forward with our businesses. Um, the time frame, the eight week or the 24 week, if again, if you are self-employed and, and you know, just by yourself with your schedule C and you did max out with the 100,000 salary cap, your loan amount should have been the 20,833 rounded. Um, some of them were at the change level. And because of that, you will have to use the 24 week period. Again, don't let that be a daunting task to you because we can submit early. It's, it's actually a very interesting concept that they just didn't eliminate the, the eight-week provision where self-employees were concerned. If you received your loan before June 5th, you are eligible to use the eight-week period if it's to your benefit. Um, so it, it kind of sounds like you're hedging a bet and why wouldn't I just choose the 24-week if I could submit early? And I think that's where we're going to be uh, for most cases. But if we can do the eight week streamline it, get it into the bank and get the approval done, then, then we're in solid shape. Um, I would probably say 95 to 96% of the loan applicants that we've been looking at for forgiveness provisions have been qualifying for this new 3508 EZ form. Uh, much nicer than the 11 to 15 page application that we were all reviewing up front. So just make sure if you're Googling this information 
that you are pulling the proper form um, and the questions there that are listed are actually listed on that easy form. You don't have to meet all three of the criteria. People were getting confused with that. So if you're self-employed with no employees, you get to use the easy form. Um, and then as well, the, the latter two portions, just so that we made sure that we didn't have a reduction in Salesforce by 25%, um, unless it's to a variety of circumstances, you know, COVID related, then they don't count against you. And then a 25% uh, reduction in pay. And again, we'll help you walk through those calculations. Jamie, can we go to the next one? Um, so again, deadline for the forgiveness. You must apply for the loan forgiveness within 10 months following the end of your covered period. Your covered period, you have two options. Um, it can start on the date that you actually received your loan disbursement, and it can run for the period of the eight weeks or the 24 weeks as we choose. Um, or you can use an alternative covered period if it works out more beneficial to you, which it actually did in one of our cases where it doesn't start on the date of the disbursement, but actually your first payroll date that was to follow that, and then your time period would run after that as well. Very, very instrumental. As you get closer to the end of your um, covered period date, please run through the calculations again. Um, there's some great tools that are out there right now if you're using Gusto and QuickBooks has got on board, if you're using Bench or Pay.com, ADP's jumped on board. Um, again, they are ever evolving as well. Um, Gusto just released last week um, or earlier this week. I can't remember, my days are blurring now, but um, they're supposedly in conjunction, but then they found a hiccup in their platform. Um, your deferral period. We've been getting a lot of confusion on this part as well. So you signed a promissory note that started on the date of your deposit that came through. And uh, it actually has your 24 month periods listed in there, unless you were a recent loan applicant, and then it went to the five years typically. Um, so the, the loan period for anything that you may not have forgiveness on, which we'll cover in a minute, will actually start in the seventh month after the loan is issued. So you have that six month deferral period. Don't confuse this with the <clears throat> EIDL loan if you received it, or the EIDG, which is the grant portion that you got, which was anywhere from 1,000 to $10,000. Um, so if you have anything that's left over that's not forgiven, say again in our partial forgiveness period, then your uh, interest does accrue <clears throat> on that. And another key component to that, which I received verification on from one of our lenders today, is that the interest is not forgiven through this process. It does accrue from the date that the loan was issued. So another piece that whoever your professional that you're working with, upside, will be able to help facilitate some of these um, nuances with you. Um, the, the I don't have financial hardship or economic disaster issues, they finally came down with additional guidance that that was primarily related to the EIDL or the disaster loans that came out. The PPPs uh, finally had the ability to say, we don't know. And that was me, me included as an accountant. You know, we're like, we really don't know. I was hit with an extended tax season, still paying employees, paying full rent, even though my employees were sent home. A lot was going on and a lot is still to go on. So the, the 
powers that be finally came back and said, okay, as long as you're using the monies for the intended use, which segues into our final bullet point there, um, a lot of people are worried about the fraud component. Unless you went out and we did have, inst not we, but there were instances of cars being bought and jewelry being bought with loan proceeds and whatnot. Clearly we had fraudulent intent. There was a case that happened up in the Rhode Island area where 10 false loans went through and it was because people were pushing them through too quickly. So that's where it can come back to haunt you. But in our purposes, none of our individuals or companies that we've been working with, we have foreseen any problems there. Next slide. Uh, more guidance. Um, so what are you gonna need for your bank? This gets into a very interesting topic because we've been going with the premise of what would I suspect or expect to see as an accountant? What would Jim want to see as a COO, CFO? What would Warren expect to provide uh, for an independent contractor? So there's much interpretation with that. We are going to need lender guidance and lender interpretation on some of this. However, for most of you, your proof of payroll where you've got wages is easy because if you're using a third party resource, then they can print those reports for you. Um, they are options to provide the 941s, which are the quarterly reports again, as a crossover reference, but they really should not be needed. Um, lease payments, your lease agreements, um, not just the invoices, but actual proof of payments. The banks are going to expect that. And same for your utilities. Uh, biggest question we received in that area is, what about my cell phone? It's not under my business. That's okay. Um, carve out what your business piece is. If you've got a hotspot, if you're using an iPad, use those two months uh, if you're using the eight-week period or the longer period if you need to. And the same with your business mortgage interest. That one's a little bit more spot on. Uh, biggest issue available right now that's coming coming through the news is what about this $150,000? And I can never pronounce his name right. So the running joke in the office is I call him Munchkin. Um, so is the $150,000 blanket forgiveness going to pass? I don't know. Will there be something? I'm pretty certain. And most of my colleagues in the industry are banking on the same guidance on that. Um, what we're referencing it to is similar to the approach that the IRS takes. Uh, you file your tax return. They assume that it's correct. They have three years of time to audit you or examine you and can extend longer if it needs to. Current guidance on the statute of limitations with the forgiveness application is up to six years. Uh, for a matter of economics and uh, better use of resources, uh, the forgiveness at a blanket level makes perfect sense with using the resources to examine as needed. And that's where upside is tremendously important right now because they're providing that assurance to you once the process is done, whether you need to present the forgiveness application or not, you've got that pillow to sleep on that if they do come back in six years, I'm good to go. And I can tell you right now, I educate my clients all day and night. In six years, none of them will have payroll access and to be able to pull it if they had to. So it's much nicer for us to be prepared on this level. Um, one quirk that we were, um, I'll, I'll speak personally on this because it's angered me, the EIDL grant monies that came through, they have announced and standing on firm ground that that will reduce the amount of your forgiveness. 
Um, so by way of a quick example, if you had 10 employees and received the $10,000 EIDG, the grant portion, and you received a $100,000 PPP loan, only 90,000 of that will be forgiven. What will happen as a matter of procedure, the bank receives your application on the form 3508, regardless of which form, it asks what's your EIDL loan number and the grant amount that you received. So uh, Bank X or Congressional, let's say, goes through and submits through ETRAN the forgiveness application as an approval the SBA refunds them the $90,000 in our case. So now you have a $10,000 loan plus accrued interest that will the bank will have to facilitate with you, which you have already signed the loan document. Um, the interesting part of this, and I've been getting conflicting details from the lenders that we're working with closely, is we don't want a $10,000 loan on the books. We don't want a $1,000 loan on the books. Um, so I'm expecting that there may be some more massage to this, but as it stands right now, you would have an issue there. Um, one of the unspoken things that have been kind of shuffled under the carpet, I'm a tax professional, so I can't let it. Um, this is a, what we've called backdoor taxation and SBA and Congress and whomever have come back and said, oh, your loan forgiveness is not taxable, dot, dot, dot. However, you're not allowed to deduct the expenses that were forgiven, i.e. your 60% payroll, your 40% rent, utilities, et cetera. Well, if you're not allowing me to take the expenses as a deduction, then you have taxed me on the forgiveness. Um, we're hoping that there's going to be some change to this. Um, you know, I don't know anything about upsides to taxes, but let's take theirs for instance, you know, a $1.9 million loan that gets forgiven um, can tentatively have at least a five to $600,000 tax implication. That wasn't the intention through all of this to reform and save the economy. And in fact, for most of my clients that that would happen with on these larger loans would set them back tremendously. Um, again, I'm only one person speaking, but we're keeping our ear to the ground on this. Sorry for taking so long on that one. Jamie, we can go ahead. Um, I think we've pretty much covered uh, most of this unless Jim, Jen wants to chime in on some of it. Um, for what I would like to touch on this is for your sole proprietors, your Schedule C filers. Your payroll costs really encompass what you're paying to yourself regardless of how that's structured. Um, meaning you can't include like a wage earner, like an S corporation or a C corporation, your wages plus your health insurance, plus your retirement contributions. Um, that's more specific for an entity level that has it. Uh, S-Corp owners cannot include their health insurance. That's part of the group health insurance either. Again, fine tuning some details there, uh, a little bit beyond the scope of our conversations on this, but not everything's cut and dry with a lot of this. We're trying to make it that way for you though. So please feel free to ask your questions. Uh, this is the copy of the 3508EZ form, um, and again, you'll see where you've got your, your basics for your demographics at the top, um, your covered period, your alternative payroll covered period, if you so choose, and then our four components pretty much listed as we described them. Most of our clients are going to be able to use this unless they had a reduction in force or salaries. Next slide. 
And then finally, this is the Schedule A worksheet, which we are hoping none of you will have to use, but in the event that you do, that is where we would strongly suggest that you do have the benefit of upside reviewing and getting that assurance for it. Thanks, John. I believe Scott just uh, included in the chat. Channel. It's our intention to share this deck, and we included those uh, forms in there with links to the actual the actual form uh, for your reference. So you have easy access to those. So aside from this WebEx. Uh, Zoom call. Um, there are a number of other places that uh, you can you can get help or or get some guidance about around this entire process. Uh, certainly, the Small Business Administration website is is full of information around this. Um, you know, financial professionals, whether they're attorneys or tax tax attorneys, tax accountants, uh, professional services firms like John Caldwell, um, are are assisting their customers, assisting their clients. Uh, the lenders, I feel like this is a bit of a mixed bag. I, I've heard of some lenders being uh, super helpful to their borrowers and, and others saying, you know, not our problem. Uh, our loan officers are busy with other things. Uh, payroll providers, listen, 60% obviously of the loan uh, to be forgiven needs to go towards payroll or, or compensation. Um, at least some of the payroll providers that we've run into when we were discussing with uh, with customers or borrowers, Gusto, ADP, Paychecks, they have ready-made reports um, as part of their as part of their platform uh, that their customers or clients can access um, to help you know input the information into the application. Webinars like these and and Facebook is full of groups around PPP. Um, I can't really attest to the accuracy or whether I'd actually trust the information from uh, some randoms on uh, on Facebook. Uh, but I think it's just you know goes to show you. I don't know how many tax uh, groups are in Facebook. So just how pervasive this this issue is and how how top of mind it is and has permeated all society that. There are, are many, many Facebook groups uh, centered around this very topic. So with that, that was the end of what we had prepared to discuss with you guys. Um, we're just gonna, I think there were some questions that hit the chat channel. Um, somebody else I think is-, yep. is I'll, um, Okay, go for it. Yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll just pass them along and I can, um, first off, you know, I, I've been paying a lot of attention to this with, with Jen and John and, uh, there's a bunch of stuff that even got even more scary just in this one presentation. So I feel like it's changed in the last week. Um, so let me do a couple of things. I, I just, uh, I, you, John, you might be the best person for this, but the, the, um, the loan period, not the loan period, the PPP applications for loans is still open um, until right. August 8th. Uh, and um, one of the questions was, have you seen any appeals if people got denied for a PPP loan or an EIDL loan? Um, have you seen anybody reapply and um, uh, have any success there? Just a short answer and then we'll come to the other questions. Yeah, the biggest problem that we had with it was there really wasn't an official appeal process with it. The problem that we had is the lenders weren't being specific on why the denial was there. Um, I wish I could say, please go to your accountant because most that came to me, we fixed them. Um, if anybody has specifics, they certainly reach out to me. I'll be happy to help and facilitate or give a straight up answer that this is why you were denied. Um, and we can go from there. 
Awesome. All right. Very good. Okay. So uh, this will be, this should be a really quick question, although none of these things are, are simple. So I want to be clear. I want to just clarify something. If I, if I got a hundred thousand dollar loan and it's at a 1% interest and I don't pay it back for, if I, if I get forgiveness on it 10 months into it, am I, am I going to owe $800 in interest at the end, even if I get all hundred thousand um, uh, dollars forgiven? Unfortunately, yes. Okay. And I'm going to owe that to the bank. That's to the bank because the bank is still the lender through this, not right. the FDA. Okay. And then next one, rap, again, these are rapid fire. Um, I, can, I can use more than 60% of for payroll. So I could use all, the entire loan for payroll if I wanted to, or am I limited to 60%? All for payroll is fine. That's what most of ours have been doing. Got it. Cool. Okay. And then if there's a, to, to go back to this blanket under $150,000 thing and my interest question, if they give you blanket forgiveness on, uh, for $150,000, you're still going to owe the interest, even if they forgive you blanket on that. That's as it stands today. Yes. Got it. This is really simple. They've made this so easy. I don't understand why it's so complicated for everyone. It's, it seems so straightforward to me. Okay. Can you explain the difference between an EIDL and an EIDG, and don't say anything snarky, Moyer, about the fact that the last letter is different, okay? What's the difference between the two things? Um, it was more of an internal thing, and SBA kind of messed up on the EIDL piece. It was supposed to be reduced by the G, the grant, the $1,000 to $10,000. That didn't happen. All of my clients started getting full loan amounts, less the $100 administration fee, um, and then I think that's where they realized the disconnect and then backdoored us on the fact that the grant monies now will reduce the forgiveness part of the loan. Um, Jen and Warren have listened to me ad nauseum on this because it's been a very frustrating thing. Uh, what started out simple in that regard did not end up that way. I'm expecting some change there. So the EIDL and the EIDG, the EIDG is like a fix to the fact that they messed up the EIDL, the loan part that was supposed to have a, a grant tied to it? Well, the grant is, if you may not recall, but in the, in the height of all of this starting, everybody was going to the website, filling in their information and supposedly was getting a free $1,000 or a free $10,000. And they said, well, if you don't get the loan, you don't have to pay the grant back. And then that's where all of this cyclical start started coming. So, and jumping ahead on one of the questions I saw, the EIDL is not forgivable. That is an outright loan for 30 years at 3.75%. But the grant portion, because you don't have to pay that back, is now what is reducing the PPP forgivable part. Again, it's so, straight, it's so straightforward. All you need to do is to have a, an advanced degree in forgiveness. Um, uh, we just had a question coming across, and I, I, I just want to clarify it. So, if um, if I got a hundred thousand dollar loan, and I and I'm going to use the eight week period, and I'm going to use it all for payroll, it's in my. If I want to reduce the amount of interest payments that I owe, I should try to get forgiveness the day the door opens up. Absolutely. Right, because I'm going to be accruing interest for the entire time period. So the longer I wait, the more interest I'm accruing. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So that, that brings me to one of my questions, which is, it sounds like unless you want to pay interest, it's better to get this organized and kind of as soon as they open the door, 
if you can, um, uh, get in there and get your, get your forgiveness application submitted. Once they open the doors and keep in mind, right. the bank still has 60 days to process. Got it. So your bank, it's in your bank's interest to sit on that a little bit too. Not that they would, but they're, they're collecting the interest on their way. Um, is let's say that only half of my loan is going to be forgiven. I had to let go a bunch of people in the company. And so I have half the payroll that I had before. So I'm not going to be able to forgive the full amount. When would I have to start paying interest? When's the earliest that I actually have to like write a check to the bank? It would be the seventh month after the loan disbursements were done. So that's where your, your full amortization in your packets, which most people don't remember getting because we were all nervous. You, you hit DocuSign and there was an amortization schedule in the package. If not, then the bank will, will certainly send you a reminder on that one. Um, can I add a wrinkle into that? Just for those of you that do have a professional you're working with, we do have some instances where we are not soliciting forgiveness. To have a $150,000 loan at a 1% is not a bad thing for working capital when we hit second wave, which we're already in, but potential heavier rain that's coming in as well. So keep in mind the, the partial forgiveness is not a bad thing either. We will never see rates like this for capital loans ever in our lifetime, or we hope we will again. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, the bank, just so we're all clear, the banks are borrowing at 0% interest. So as much as you feel good about your 1% loan, just know somebody else got a slightly better one. So, mm -hmm. and just to be confusing, so you have to, you can get forgiveness up to 10 months after, but you start paying interest seven months after that you actually, you actually got the loan. So that's another data point. Um, so my, my next question here is, um, from a, from a borrower standpoint, you, you talked a little bit about, there's kind of this stub at the end that, that you're going to, oh, it might only just be interest. So if you got all forgiven and you owe a certain amount of interest, you're going to be owing interest on the interest as you yes, make payments. That is okay. correct. <laughs> just to add to the excitement. And then if you, is there any prepayment penalty? Like if I just want to get this off my books? Yeah, none. Most of mine that know they're going to have that, EI, the grant part that still needs to be repaid, we're, we're just getting it off the books. Pay it back and be done with it. Got it. Okay. That's helpful. Um, uh, I, I, I was gathering the ones in the chat. I think I've got the, I think I've got them all. Um, so let me, uh, let me just land on this. Uh, we're, we're at time. Uh, we have posted in the chat, there is a, there is a LinkedIn group, as you all know, for uh, Founders Focus. Please join if you're not already a member. If you need access to it, uh, you can just knock on that door and we'll, we'll make sure that you get access. Um, and, uh, and we'll make sure that you get access to, to John to be able to ask any other questions that you have. Um, uh, we, uh, and John references, we at Upside have been working with a whole bunch of, of different borrowers to learn more about this and to share what we've learned. If that's something that you're interested in, you can also let us know um, uh, in that LinkedIn group. We are working on uh, coming up with a potential product uh, because as you've heard, this is unbelievably confusing and part of our mission is to help support other small businesses. So keep an eye out for, uh, for more updates from, from Upside on this as well. Uh, John, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jen. Thank Thanks, you, guys. really appreciate it. Um, 
another great, uh, great resource for all of us. We will post uh, the video uh, from this. So if you know other people that would like to learn more about this, please feel free to share it. It'll be up on, uh, on YouTube within a few days. Uh, this Thursday, uh, July 23rd, we are going to do a session with Carrie Clark of Breakout called Remote Work. This is not a sprint. Uh, we are going to be in this mode for a while. And uh, Carrie and her company have been working with lots of different companies to figure out how to master this remote work piece. Um, as always, please join the LinkedIn group. We posted it again in the chat. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. You can get one-on-one -on -one time at uh, foundersfocus.com. Um, stay healthy. Stay awesome, everybody. We'll see you all on Thursday. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Founders Focus. What did you think? You got any feedback for us? Got a topic that you'd like us to discuss? Or maybe a future co-host? We'd love to hear from you. Just hit me up on LinkedIn at tscottcase and uh, join us at foundersfocus.com to stay up to date with the latest episodes and join us live every week at our Founders Focus sessions. Hope to see you there.